do. So I want to invite you to uh, find a Bible somewhere, and you should be able to. There are some on the tables in the back. Tenemos Biblias detrás. If you have a phone or you've brought your own Bible, even better. And we are in, as, uh, as has been said, we're in the Gospel of John today. And we are looking at chapters 16 and 17 as we continue this, this steady march through the Gospel of John. Estamos mirando capítulos 16, 17. Now to help us with that, what I'd like to do to begin with is just read a slice of that. Quiero leer solo una, una porción, un trozo. It's John chapter 16, verses 19 through 22. Juan 16, del 19 al 22. There are page numbers on the screen that'll tell you where to find it if you're using the Bibles from the back. And I want to read this first in Spanish, and then we'll read it together in English. Voy a comenzar leyendo en español y después en inglés. What we have here is the word of God. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior. Son las buenas noticias del Señor. Jesús se dio cuenta de que los discípulos querían hacerle preguntas acerca de esto, así que les dijo, se están preguntando qué quise decir cuando dije, dentro de poco ya no beberán y un poco después volverán a verme. Ciertamente les aseguro que ustedes llorarán de dolor mientras que el mundo se alegrará. Se pondrán tristes pero su tristeza se convertirá en alegría. La mujer que está por dar a luz siente dolores porque ha llegado su momento, pero en cuanto nace la criatura se olvida de su angustia por la alegría de haber traído al mundo un nuevo ser. Lo mismo les pasa a ustedes. Ahora están tristes, pero cuando vuelva a verlos se alegrarán y nadie les va a quitar esa alegría. Jesus saw that they, that is the disciples, wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. So it's going to be in five weeks, five Weeks from today, Sunday, May 8, and cinco de, es, domingos, en cinco semanas, el 8 de mayo. May 8 is Mother's Day, okay? Mother's Day, of course, we know what that's all about. That's the day when we honor, we celebrate, we, we lift up our moms, uh, grandmoms, and the, the women in our lives who impact us so much by the way they care for children and, and bless us. Vamos a bendecir y honrar a las mamás uh, en un homenaje a las mamás, las abuelas y otras mujeres impactantes en nuestra vida. So, men, guess what? No excuse this year. You've been warned five weeks ahead of time. Sorry I did that but uh, I'm putting us all on the spot. Los hombres ya estamos advertidos. Today's not Mother's Day, I get it, but even so, I guess I want you to know that today, I'm thinking about your moms. See, I'm buttering them up a little bit here. Uh, I'm thinking about mothers today. Estoy pensando en mamás. Why? 
It's because of what Jesus is talking about here in John chapter 16 and 17. Se trata lo que dice Jesús aquí. Jesus, in a sense, I think, is talking about something known as transition. Está hablando de la transición. Now, when I talk about transition in connection with mothers, men, you need to understand I'm not talking about the transition that moms make when they try to get the family to get off of their devices and come over to the dinner table. Okay, that's not the transition I have in mind. No se trata cuando las mamás llaman a todos a la mesa a comer. Neither am I talking about the transition that moms often make on Sunday mornings. I recognize that many of you moms this morning have already been busy in the transition of getting kids up, getting everybody dressed, getting everybody fed, getting everybody into the car, getting everybody to church. Right? That's a big transition. Las mamás, tampoco me refiero a la transición de la casa a la iglesia los domingos. Those are transitions. But when I talk about transition in motherhood, I'm talking about transition, which is the most difficult and painful stage of childbirth. In case you have never heard of this. Women, you know all about it. Es la transición que es la etapa más difícil de la labor. Transition is that place when a mother's giving birth, that time in the birthing process when the contractions become very strong and they come one after another in waves that never seem to stop. For the woman, hay contracciones una tras otra en olas and it is very, very difficult. In fact, one birthing website describes transition this way. It says, in transition, a mother's focus might falter. You think? La mamá pierde su enfoque. And then it says this. It says this is the stage where women may doubt their ability to birth the baby. Tienen dudas de su capacidad de dar a luz. They may worry about how long labor will last and how much more intense it will become. Se preocupan de cuánto más va a durar y cuánto más intensa va a ponerse la cosa. Transition. It, it represents the, the pinnacle of pain and the pinnacle of desperation. Es la cumbre del dolor y la desesperación. But transition also represents something else. Again, this same website says transition is the storm before the calm that is the pushing stage. That's the part where the mother, in a sense, gains new strength. She gets her second wind and she is ready and she is willing and she is eager to push this baby out and to bring this new being into the world. Es la tempestad entre la calma que es la etapa de empujar cuando la mamá agarra fuerza si quiere empujar y dar a luz. El niño. That's transition. Guys, that's the best I can give you of what it's like, Okay. Because I've never experienced it. There are a few women here that can testify from a different angle. Here's the other thing, though, about transition. It's the hardest part of giving birth, but it's also the shortest part. Es la parte más dura del parto, pero también la parte más corta. Now, I'm thinking about transition and referring to transition today because here in John chapter 16... 
In a sense, that's what Jesus is talking to his disciples about. He's talking about transition. Jesús se refiere a la transición aquí en Juan 16. Uh, now, last week, I learned something from Cody's message. I thought, as I studied this message, that when Jesus is talking in chapter 16, chapter 17, he's still in that upper room, that picture that Larry showed us. He's still there talking to the disciples about these things. Yo pensaba que Jesús estaba en el aposento alto hablando de estas cosas. But no, Cody very uh, keenly uh, showed us last week that actually, as Jesus talks here in chapter 16, he and the disciples are making a transition. They're walking along from the upper room over to the garden where Jesus is going to be arrested. And on the way, Jesus is talking. As Larry says, he's giving them this information download. Están en la transición entre Aposento Alto al jardín donde va a ser arrestado. Está hablando en la transición. And as Jesus does this, he's warning them. In fact, in chapter 15, verse 18, he tells them, the world's going to hate you. El mundo los va a rechazar. And he's telling them that he's going to go away and that things are going to change. Les dice que él se va y las cosas van a cambiar and, and that it will get difficult. It's going to get hard. In fact, in chapter 16, verse 1, he says, All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. Todo esto les he dicho, dice en 16.1, para que no flaquee su fe. He doesn't want them in this transition to have their focus falter. He doesn't want them to get distracted in their faith. No quiere que estén distraídos en su fe. In fact, he tells them a little bit of what's coming. After I go, you're going to be rejected. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be kicked out of the synagogues. And some of you will actually be killed by people who think they're actually giving glory to God when they kill you. Para ser expulsados de las sinagogas y arrestados y hasta matados por los que... Quieren dar gloria a Dios. Chapter 16, verse 4, he says, I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember I warned you. Les digo esto para que cuando llegue ese día, acuerden de que ya se lo había advertido. So Jesus is saying, look out. Labor pains are coming. It's going to get stressful. It's going to get full of pressure. There are going to be problems and difficulties. Va a haber stress, va a haber presión, va a haber problemas. But you need to know that's not all bad. Eso no es todo malo. In fact, that's actually a good thing. Eso es algo bueno. Why? Verse 7, he says this, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the advocate, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Les digo la verdad, les conviene que me vaya, porque si no lo hago, el consolador no vendrá a ustedes. En cambio, si me voy, se lo enviaré a ustedes. Jesus is saying, things are going to get tough, but you need to understand that when I go, in the vacuum that's created by my absence, there's going to come the rushing wind of the Holy Spirit of God who will be with you as your counselor, as your advocate, as your defense attorney, so to speak. En el vacuo de mi ausencia va a venir como ráfaga de viento el Espíritu Santo, el Consolador, para estar con ustedes. Verse 8, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Cuando él venga, convencerá al mundo de su error en cuanto al pecado, a la justicia, al juicio. 
With this defense attorney next to you, Jesus is saying, as you're brought up before the authorities, as you're brought up on trial, en contra de las autoridades, cuando están ante los tribunales, what's going to happen is your defense attorney, the Holy Spirit, is going to flip the tables and now your accusers will be on trial. Así sus acusadores van a estar ante el tribunal. They're going to be convicted of their sin. They're going, to, they're going to be shown what's right. They're going to be brought into the judgment of God. Van a tener que enfrentar la justicia, el juicio de Dios. So the Holy Spirit, the, the advocate, the counselor will be right there to help you to give a true testimony about who I am. And you'll be able to do it in that moment. Van a dar un testimonio verdadero de quien soy so yo. Verse 13. He, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Cuando venga el espíritu de la verdad, los guiará a toda la verdad. Verse 14. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Él me glorificará porque tomará de lo mío y se lo dará a conocer a ustedes. In other words, as you come before these people who accuse and hate you, the Holy Spirit is going to take my testimony. Jesus came to bring a, a true testimony of God. He's going to take my testimony and he's going to bring that testimony to you and then you're going to give it to the people who hate you. Él tomará de mi testimonio de Dios, se lo dará a ustedes y ustedes lo darán a sus acusadores so the Holy Spirit will help you to bring the message out the testimony that I've come to give and what is that testimony what is that message ¿Qué es ese mensaje? well Jesus plainly states it in chapter 17 verse 3 as he's praying he says this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent 17.3 esta es la vida eterna que te conozcan a ti el único Dios verdadero y a Jesucristo a quien tú has enviado that's the message that's going to get out there through you guys and then we get to verse 16 of chapter 16 where Jesus says this thing that is mysterious Jesús dice algo misterioso en versículo 16 he says in a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me dentro de poco ya no me verán pero un poco después volverán a verme and the disciples are just like what? what does he mean? a little while and he'll be gone a little while He'll come back and that he's going to the Father. What's all this about? ¿Qué significa que va dentro de un poco y después regresa dentro de un poco? And Jesus, of course, as they're walking along, he hears the whispers and he says, hey, are you guys asking yourselves what I meant about that, that phrase, a little while, I'll be gone, a little while, I'm coming back. ¿Ustedes quieren decir qué significa un poco después volveré a ustedes? Let me tell you something. And this is the part where Jesus reminds us of our moms. Aquí nos recuerda de sus mamás, de nuestras mamás. He says, you're going to be in grief, but your grief will turn to joy. Su tristeza se convertirá en alegría. It's like a mother, 
a woman giving birth to her child. Verse 21, she has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets her anguish because of the joy that a child is born into the world. La mujer que está por dar a luz siente dolores porque ha llegado su momento. Pero en cuanto nace la criatura, se olvida de su angustia por la alegría de haber traído al mundo un nuevo ser. That's the way it's going to be with you. Así con ustedes. Now is your time of grief but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will be able to take away your joy ahora están tristes pero cuando vuelva a verlos se alegrarán y nadie les va a quitar esa alegría what's Jesus talking about he's talking about transition se trata de la transición He's talking about the events that are about to unfold. In just a little while, he's going to go away. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to suffer and bleed and die in the most tragic way. The disciples can't anticipate that. Dentro de poco va la cruz y va a desparecer porque va a morir. And then in just a little while, three days later, He's going to raise from the dead and he's going to return and they're going to see him again and their joy is going to be so amazing they won't be able to contain it. Tres días después va a resucitar de los muertos y, y, y va a aparecer a los discípulos dentro de un poco. It's going to be amazing. It's like giving birth. It's transition. God is giving birth to something new here. God is giving birth to his new kingdom to his new creation to his plan to transform everything Dios está dando luz a su nueva creación su nuevo reino but see here's the thing where you have birth women you know this where you have birth you have pain and you have difficulty you have transition donde hay parto hay el dolor y la transición and Jesus wants to make sure the disciples understand the whole package so that they don't give up. El quiere que entiendan. In fact, in verse 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Les he dicho estas cosas para que me hayan paz. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, take heart. I've overcome the world. I'm giving birth to something that will overcome the world. En este mundo afrontarán aflicciones, pero anímense, yo he vencido al mundo. So transition is here, Jesus is saying. But God's new creation is just around the corner. But wait, there's more. As the infomercial says, I must. And the more that we find is in chapter 17 where we find Jesus praying en el 17 Jesús está orando he's, he's praying first of all he's praying that the father would glorify his son and, and use him through this whole process está orando para que padre lo glorifique and then he begins to pray for his followers for the disciples as they're walking along I'm visualizing this he's praying for those disciples está orando por sus discípulos and what's he praying for para que ora Verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. No te pido que los quites del mundo, sino que los protejas del maligno. Jesus prays not that the disciples would escape transition, not that they would escape the pressure or the pain, but that they wouldn't be crushed by it, that the enemy wouldn't use it to destroy their faith. 
pide para que no se escapen de la presión sino para que no los destruya there's something else he asks for verse 13 13 he says I'm coming to you now father but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Vuelvo a ti, pero digo esas cosas mientras todavía estoy en el mundo para que tengan en mi alegría en plenitud. Jesus is asking God that his disciples in the middle of this would have the fullest possible measure of joy. Para que tengan alegría en plenitud. Not, not just joy someday, not just joy at the end when it all works out, but joy in the middle of transition. Es una alegría no solo algún día, sino ahora. Jesus is praying for that. And not only that, he's not only praying for those disciples, he's praying for more. Verse 20, versículo 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Ruego también por los que han de creer en mí por el mensaje de ellos. Versículo 20, he's praying for us. He's praying for you and for me and for every follower of Jesus Christ who's ever heard the message from the disciples. And at some point you can trace it back to them. Ruega también por nosotros. And what is he asking for? For us who believe that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Para que todos sean uno, Padre, así como tú estás en mí y yo en ti. He wants us to be together. He wants us to walk through the pressure and the pain and the transition together. Verse 23, he says this, May they be brought to complete unity. May they be brought to complete unity. Permite que alcancen la perfección en la unidad. Jesus is praying for unity. That we would be united to him in communion with him, but that we would also be in communion, common unity with each other. Not uniformity, not being exactly the same, but that we would stick together with Jesus and one another. Jesús pide que estemos unidos unos a otros. Why? So that the world may know you sent me, God. Para que el mundo reconozca que así me enviaste. There's a whole sermon I could do on Christian unity right there. Suffice it to say, Jesus wants it. He prays for it. And in John 13, 35, I think it is, he says, That, that people will know we're his disciples by the love we have for one another. That's the challenge because when things get full of pressure, we want to split and we want to divide and we want to separate. Cuando hay presión, queremos separarnos. But Jesus is saying, I want them to stay together. So here's the bottom line. In the painful trials and difficulties and pressures of life it is possible for we who follow Jesus to find joy in transition frente a la presión de la vida podemos encontrar alegría en la transición how do we find joy in transition how can we find joy in transition well first of all because Jesus is praying for us to have joy and because he's given us his holy spirit to be with us so that we in the middle of our pressure in the middle of transition we can actually give a testimony 
a message to the world about him. Jesús está orando por nosotros para que su Espíritu Santo nos ayude a testificar acerca de él. It's not just to get through it, to get through it. It's to get through it with a testimony. Es dar un testimonio. And so with that in mind, I want to ask you this morning, where might you be in transition in your life right now? ¿Dónde estás en la transición en tu vida? My guess is that at some point, somewhere along the line, you're in transition with something. You may be in transition because you've lost a job, but you don't have the next job yet. A lo mejor has perdido un trabajo, no tienes otro. That's a hard spot to be. It's transition. You might be in transition because you're about to graduate from school. And you're going on to something new and you don't know what that's going to all be like. And it's just the future's wide open. That's good, but it's not good. It's hard. A lo mejor te vas a graduar y el futuro está delante de ti. Or maybe you're in transition because of the life stage you're in. Maybe you're in your latter years or getting close to those latter years. All of us are getting closer to them and you're realizing, you know, I think there's actually less time in front of me than there is behind me. And what's the transition look like from this life into eternity? A lo mejor estás en la transición de dejar esta vida algún día pronto y dices, ¿cómo? ¿Cómo voy a estar preparado? Or maybe it's that you're in transition because you've lost a loved one in the last year or two. And you're still trying to figure out, okay, what's, what now? How do I make life work now with this new reality? A lo mejor se te ha muerto un familiar querido y ya no sabes cómo funcionar, cómo seguir adelante. Uh, as a church, we're in transition right now. Uh, we've been in transition now for several months as we're, we're trying to figure out our future as a church. Uh, do we stay with our current denomination partner? Do we go forward? We're in this awkward, painful, in-between time of trying to figure out the pathway that God has for us, and it's not easy. Estamos como iglesia en la transición de discernir nuestro futuro. Si vamos con otra denominación o no. Transition's going to happen wherever we go. But here's the good news I want to affirm for us. Aquí las buenas noticias. First of all, it's just for a little while. Solo es un rato. It's just for a little while. You see, we live, all of us, in a big transition. We live in the transition between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. And we're in that middle place. Estamos entre la primera segunda venida, Jesús. You say, well, yeah, but didn't Jesus give birth to new creation and new kingdom and his new plan when he came? Yes, he did. He gave birth to it. El inició su reino. He died. He rose. There's new life that we can begin to experience today. But it won't be mature. It won't be complete. It won't be perfect until he comes back. No va a ser perfecto hasta que regrese. And in between, we're living in between here. Some of the stuff of the new creation is here, but there's a lot that's not, and it's painful. But guess what? It's just for a little while. In the light of eternity, this in-between time is really short. A la luz de la eternidad, este tiempo muy corto. So it's just for a little while. The other thing we can learn about transition is we have the help of the Holy Spirit. We have the presence 
of Jesus through his spirit to, to help us, defend us, encourage us, counsel us. Don't discount that. Tenemos la ayuda del Espíritu Santo. Third, Jesus is praying for us. El ora por nosotros. And you know, when Jesus prays, God listens. In John 11, God, Jesus said that. I thank you, Father. You always hear me. Well, if Jesus is praying for you and me, we can know God is hearing that prayer and he's answering in a perfect way. And fourth, the good news about transition is Jesus offers us joy. Jesús nos ofrece gozo, alegría. Not just down the road. It's joy that we can have in our hearts today. And that's kind of the weird thing about being a follower of Jesus. You carry along your, with your life the sadness and the grief of the death of Jesus and everything that's wrong in the world grieving you while at the same time you rejoice that there's new life in Christ and that there's good things going on and God's going to make it all work out. And you carry that together and sometimes it feels really weird, but that's the Christian life. Llevas el luto de que Cristo murió y que hay cosas penosas en el mundo, pero también el gozo y la alegría de que hay nueva vida. That's such a good thing to know, isn't it? In Hebrews 12, 12, or 12, 2 rather, the Bible says this about Jesus. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Por el gozo que le esperaba Jesús Soportó la cruz. And then it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consideren aquel que perseveró frente a tanta oposición por parte de los pecadores para que no se cansen ni pierdan el ánimo. What Jesus has gone through, we're going through. But he's gone through more. And he didn't deserve it. Such a good word for us as we live in our world today right now, as we open up the newspaper and we see what's going on in Ukraine, as we look at uh, the gas pump and what's happening there, as we hear politicians and celebrities and all the craziness that they're engaged in, and we think the whole world is falling apart and about to explode. This is good news. Son buenas noticias en un mundo donde todo parece que está caótico, ¿verdad? And the other thing I think it helps us to do is to Remember our brothers and sisters in Christ in other countries. In Ukraine, in Afghanistan, in China, in North Korea. They are suffering the way Jesus predicted. They're being arrested, beaten, kicked out, killed for their faith in Jesus. We need to pray with them, be united with them. Tenemos que estar unidos con cristianos de otros países que son perseguidos aún más por su fe. And the good news is we don't have to go through transition alone. First of all, we're together in the church. Second of all, Jesus has gone ahead of us. And he's left his spirit behind. Jesús va adelante y ha dejado su Espíritu Santo. In Isaiah chapter 43, in the Old Testament, God is speaking to the people of Israel and they're in a transition time. They've been sent away from their homeland to Babylon as a punishment for their sin. And, and God has promised to bring them back, but they haven't come back yet. Dios ha enviado a, a Israel a Babilonia por sus pecados y no han regresado todavía. But in Isaiah chapter 43, he invites them and he says to them in verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. 
Olviden las cosas de antaño. Ya no vivan en el pasado. Let go of your failure. Let go of your sin. Let go of your desire for the good old days. Put that behind you. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now it's coming to light. Do you not perceive it? Voy a hacer algo nuevo. Ya está sucediendo. No se dan cuenta. I'm making a way in the desert. Streams in the wasteland. Estoy abriendo un camino desierto y ríos en lugares desolados. That's what God's doing for us. That's what the gospel is about. It's about Jesus coming into our world to make a way for us to be with God when there was no way. El evangelio es que Jesús hace un camino donde no lo había. And the Lord's Supper, which we have an opportunity to celebrate today, is really an opportunity to live into what Isaiah is talking about. Tenemos oportunidad de vivir según Isaías 43. Jesus is gone for a little while. And he's left us this meal as well. Tenemos esta Santa Cena de Jesús. And it's at this table, you and I have an opportunity to forget the former things. Let go of the sin. Let go of the junk, the regrets, the failures, the broken promises. Podemos dejar atrás las fallas, los pecados, los remordimientos. We have the opportunity to embrace the new thing that Jesus wants to do in our lives. Podemos abrazar lo nuevo que Cristo quiere hacer con nosotros. He wants to do something new. Do you perceive it? What seems like the end for you right now might be the beginning of something new that God wants to do. Lo que parece ser el fin puede ser el comienzo de algo nuevo. Jesus Suffered, and in our suffering, we can know that He is with us. Jesús sufrió. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesús resucitó. And in our loneliness, in our isolation, we can recognize that we're not alone, because He rose, and by rising, He has sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And the Spirit of God is with us in this moment. Jesus is with us right now by His Spirit, the Counselor that He's promised. El Consolador está con nosotros. And finally, this table tells us that we can look into the future, no matter what that future looks like from our vantage point, we can look into the future with hope and with joy because Jesus is coming back. Podemos anticipar el futuro con gozo porque Jesús va a volver. He's going to come back and his new thing will be complete. And we will be his new creatures in his new creation, the new heavens and the new earth forever. That's what this meal is telling us. Vamos a hacer sus nuevas criaturas en su nueva creación para siempre. So this is the storm before the calm and it's all good let's go to the Lord in prayer vamos a orar
Heavenly Father, we are so enriched by what we read in your word. Thank you for the witness that you have inspired John to leave us. Gracias por el testimonio de Juan que nos has dejado, Padre. Thank you for these words of Jesus that encourage and comfort us. I want to pray for each person here in whatever season of life they are in. That they would not go astray, but that they would stay united to you, Jesus. Pido por cada persona que no se desvíe o flaquee su fe, sino que estén unidos a ti, Señor Jesús. And keep us together too as your people. Teach us to love one another, especially across the differences that can sometimes divide us. We thank you for this moment, for this gift. We lift up our hearts to you, O Lord. Levantamos nuestros corazones a ti. And we pray that through this time of communion, the bread which we break, the cup which we bless, will in some way be a part of your plan to keep us united in Christ. Que en la comunión de este pan y esta copa podamos estar unidos y en comunión con Cristo. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as Larry said, we're reliving those moments in the upper room. Estamos viviendo esos momentos en el aposento alto. And I want to bring you there through Scripture. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread. He was with his disciples, the ones he loved. And when he'd given thanks, he broke that bread. And he gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. La misma noche que Jesús fue entregado, tomó el pan, y dando gracias, lo partió, se lo dio a sus discípulos, diciendo, Tomen, coman, ese es mi cuerpo que por ustedes he partido, hagan esto en memoria de mí. After the same manner, when they had Sopped, he took the cup and he said this cup is the new testament the new covenant made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me después tomó también la copa diciendo esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre hagan esto cada vez que tomen de ella en memoria de mí. I want to invite our serving elders to come up and as they come up I want to explain again how we will proceed first of all the Lord's Supper is for all who have trusted in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone as the one to deliver them from sin to transform their hearts to lead them into a new way of living esta mesa es para los que han confiado en el Señor Jesucristo y solo en Él como el que perdona pecados y les lleva a una nueva vida we invite you to come knowing that none of us is worthy each one of us needs this and to come in faith 
if you're not sure, you're not sure where you stand with Jesus today and you're, you're still working that out, it is appropriate to wait before you come to this table. Just maybe take this opportunity to meditate on that. Si no estás seguro de tu relación con el Señor, puedes meditar eso y, y no participar hoy sin observar. And, and in that, you can be a part of it. You are a part of it by your, by your presence and your prayers.